Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bagging Boardcast. It's episode number 188. I'm Chris. No, at one. I thought it was 89. Or it what, is. 88. Is it 89? It's 89. I asked before and I thought it was 88. I know. Yeah, you and, said, then, and, and then, then I said, Paul corrected you and said 89. I know. And then so you just didn't pay attention. Yeah, well, so, I guess it's 189 then. So you're not listening to the one episode that we just did two weeks ago. You're listening to a brand new episode. I mean, you can, still, you can still listen to 188 if you want, but you can listen to 189 now, too. Wow. Full surprise. We should label this not episode. No, this is a true episode. I, w- I was in the middle Full. of typing when you told me. Pretty okay. sh- yeah, I suck. That's okay, man. It's all right. You're not in a relationship with me. You don't need to listen to me. But we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. And are you Chris? I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We stepped all over you when he That's said okay. I'm Chris. I fucking don't pay attention to <laughs> numbers. I always have to ask. We're rusty. And I never listen. <laughs> we're very rusty. No, you're rusty. Yeah. Rusty. No, I'm Paul. And we come in, t- in three topics. What is the, the first one, Paul? It's the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is a list of the books that we are looking forward to coming out November 6th. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week it's our October look back. We're going to take a look at a couple of the number ones that came out throughout the month of October. We've got Superman Wonder Woman number one, Batman Black and White number one, which actually came out in August, but mm-hmm. couldn't find it until now. And then Damien, Son of Bat. Man? Son of the Batman. Son of the Batman, number one. All from DC Comics. I think that's what I'm going to start saying at work, like, instead of, because you don't want to swear at work, I'm just going to go, son of a Batman! I thought you were going to refer to yourself as Paul. <laughs> son of Mr. Paul. <laughs> son of Mr. Paul. <laughs> that would be pretty epic, too, but no. Well, when epic things happen, you need to toast it. Mm-hmm. So let's toast the epicness of Paul, son of Mr. Paul, <laughs> with our first beer of the night, and... We didn't record for two weeks because I took some time off. I went to Michigan for the weekend for my birthday. And Happy birthday! I'm 31 now. Hey, listeners have been taking the week off from rating and reviewing us on That's, iTunes for years they've, now. They've been taking so, a lot of time off on that. So we can take a couple weeks off. That's right, listeners. It's your fault. But I brought back four <laughs> beers from there. Um, they are all from New Holland Brewing. And the first one we have is their Michigan IPA. Um, I didn't bring their standard IPA because I figured, well, four beers is enough for an episode. Um, but this IPA is brewed with all stuff grown right in Michigan. And is this part of their, like, Hatter series? Yes, this is part of their Hatter series. Hatter series. Wait, it's a series? It's not, they just don't name everything Hatter? No. Well, no. we had the Dragon's Tooth. Oh. It's yeah. also from New Holland. We did that, like, Dragon's Milk. Ago. Dragon's Milk. Dragon's Tooth is another one. Yeah. We did it the same, names. we did them the same night. Okay, that would be why. But, um, so what's the Hatter series about? Is this a... They're all IPAs. They're all, yeah. Oh. They're, they're all, this seems like they're all IPAs, just different styles done with them. And as Chris said, this is the Michigan Hatter, which is the all local grown. Yeah, Cascade IPA. Hops from Leelanau Peninsula. Hmm. Okay. Pairings, sharp shutters, herb roasted poultry, and curry. It's very good on the nose. You think it's going to be a lot more like hoppy. Yeah. It's got a real like kind of earthy hoppy smell to it, and then it's very pleasant. It's not overpowering. You get a little bit of the malt right on the back. Uh, it's an enjoyable IPA. It kind of tastes, I think, a little more like a hoppier pale ale than an IPA, but I think it's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a little watery on the back end, but you still have that kind of hop linger. Yeah. It's enjoyable. 
Yeah, it's a very drinkable IPA. I don't think it's... There's nothing... Yeah. yeah nothing really to, to stop you from chugging it, which is a little scary when it comes to an IPA. Yeah. It's very drinkable. It's pretty light. There's no assault. You, it reminds me a lot of the 2X Steam from Southern Tier. Mm. Yeah. And, but it has more of a sweetness to it. It's kind in of the middle palate. Like weedy, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice summertime, like, oh man, I just mowed the lawn kind of beer. So I'm glad I'm having this now in the fall. It's a, it's a grass mowing beer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very easy going because it's 4.8%. Oh, okay. So. Not bad. Not bad at all. Much like the. I, I'm, I'm going to step all over you there for a second. Oh, I okay. really wanted to bring back something from Founders because I stopped at the brewery mm-hmm. there. But they didn't have anything bottled that we can't already get here. Mm-hmm. And the other stuff that they did have that you couldn't get was only served on tap and they. Don't bottle it, and they did not have it available to fill with growlers. You uh, had to drink it. Well, there. Chris, he should have just poured it into your mouth, held it the whole time he drove back, yeah. and then fed us like a mama bird. Come on. On, on my way too long drive back, so I got stuck at the border <laughs> for over an hour. Ugh. Yeah. Rainbow Bridge? No. No, actually, it was crossing over from Michigan into Canada. Like, the traffic was just so bad. Well, up. you went during the time that it, uh, the government shut down, so. No, there's a lot of traffic there. Um, I was supposed to get back at 11.45 because I was making really good time. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw the time getting later and later and later. And I was supposed to be back by 1 a.m. by the time I actually crossed over the border. At least once you cross that border, it's a quick drive home. Yeah, through the wilds of Canada in pitch black. Mm-hmm. There's moose. Everywhere. Well, I meant across the border from Canada to New York. Yeah, it was about six hours. No, I'm just saying, once you cross the border into New York, it's a short drive home. Oh, yeah, yeah it's like he 20 was, minutes from there. But. Yeah, but he's crossing the border into Canada to drive. Yeah, to I know. I've, okay. I've done that drive. I have yet to do that drive, yeah, it's but fun. I don't have a But it was better than the 11 hours cutting through the States. Yeah. Which would make me want to cut myself. Mm. Mm. Why don't we cut our teeth on some news, though? Yeah. So, uh, talking about cutting teeth, uh, the scriptwriter from Empire Strikes Back gets to cut his teeth on the new Star Wars movies. Ooh, nice. Did you hear about this? No. I I thought surely John would have this all covered. So I, I did was, see this news story, but I chose I was not like, to read it. I'm not going to like actually have it pulled up so I could actually say the people's names because I'm sure John's all over this. Uh that was not a story that I was all over when it what? came to Star Wars this week. Oh man, let me pull well, it up. Well, you well you looked that up from some of the information I saw about this mm-hmm. is to get Harrison Ford to sign back on for Han Solo. Uh it looks like they'll be giving him Indiana Jones 5 to do as well to sweeten what? the pot. Why would he do that? Uh, why wouldn't he do that? Maybe to make amends for four. Well, also, you know, it might suffer from... The Indiana Jones fr- film franchise might suffer from the Star, Star Trek film franchise. Every Oops. other one? Every other one is good. I still like Temple. I don't... Temple's okay. I do not enjoy it. Not it's a not fan. great. No. I watched it when I was... It was like the first Indiana Jones movie I saw. You know I was a so little bad? kid in it. I, it's a prequel. I just loved it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Lawrence Kasdan, the Lucasfilm uh, veteran who wrote uh, the screenplays for, for Raiders, mm-hmm. and also Empire Strikes Back, and also did some 
writing on Return of the Jedi, is now co-writing the script for Star Wars Episode Seven alongside J.J. Abrams. So there you go. I think those are two good guys to have working on that. Mm-hmm. Michael Ardent, uh, the original screenwriter, uh, is no longer involved. So that's kind of weird. I th- was kind of thinking when I first read the story from other sources, I'm reading it from uh, Ars Technica right now, they have a little write-up about it, that it was like he was coming in to do a rewrite, you know, rework it, just finesse it. Because they're planning not to start to have it as a 2015 release, meaning they're going to start filming... Like sometime early spring of 2014. Yeah, but you can get a lot of the, you got a lot of pre-production to do, and Mm -hmm. a lot of times they can be working on that post-production while you're still filming. Location Um, scouting's already going on. Yeah. Costume and all that. How can you do costume in location when you don't have a script? Well, you know, does it have planets? Well, also, this isn't something I was going to talk about for We Geek, but it's a quick little blurb. Um, also, some principal shooting, starting for Superman, Batman, too. Huh. Um, Zack Snyder started filming some of the Smallville stuff, even though they haven't really done any of the other like pre-production stuff yet. Just kind of knocking that out of the way. Uh, since you mentioned that... Um, they just had to go to the local Sears to start shooting, I guess. You know, cause that's... That Sears was destroyed, Paul. Oh, Luckily, they had craftsmen in there. Yeah, so it's guaranteed, it's guaranteed for life. Pretty sure it's all set. I, I'm pretty sure they can just box up the whole store, send it in. I feel, I, in I feel like we filled enough time for for John to get whatever he was talking about ready to go now. Uh, we we have uh, in talks for the um, <clears throat> um, the lead role, female role for Batman versus Superman, has. Um, they're in the talks with the woman who's playing Lady Sif from Thor to possibly play Batman's girlfriend, but everybody's thinking we might be seeing Wonder Woman because she has that makes sense. She's got that. She's got that stature. Wonder Woman look. And um, if you're gonna, yeah, Batman did have a thing with Wonder Woman too, so she could not be lying. Yeah, I, I was thinking you were going less of a truth. Uh. Kind of yeah. thing. Uh, Jamie, I was looking for her name, Jamie Alexander. And, um, not only she's the one who kind of was hinting at that, but the talks came out and she also put a picture of herself up wearing, uh, the, the kind of crown. Wonder Woman crown Kiara. with the star in it. So, well, it was just Halloween, so, you know. Yeah. Truth. Are they um, going to get that, the NBC? Television show Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> I used to find they should find those online ones. Should, there's been some good go ones on there. One. Yeah, that's a good Which one. It's actually a solid costume. There was another one that um, <clears throat> needs to be a little wider in the brief kind of <laughs> the short. Oh, yeah, of. that's a quick fix. Yeah. Though. The rest of the costume <laughs> need a little bit really more good. fabric there. Yeah, but it was very good. The one where she's kicking uh, like North Korean butt was pretty good. Yeah, that fam one. Yeah, the fan one was really good. The fan one was really mm-hmm. good. It was only a six-minute kind of... Yeah, it was like a, tra- a six-minute <laughs> yeah. trailer. Oh, talking about trailers. Yeah, there we go, because I got some trailer stuff to talk about. Paul, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, talking about, tra- about trailers, and I knew one of you would have to have watched oh. the Captain America Winter Soldier trailer. Yeah. I, did you and, watch that? Yeah. Okay, when you said, yeah, I thought you'd be like, yeah, I'm sure Chris uh, did. Right oh. when it came out, I posted it yeah. to our Facebook. No, I posted it to Facebook. I... 
did not watch the trailer or the teaser trailer or the Vine. Let's pause the trailer. Let's watch the trailer because I have a couple trailers to watch as well. Okay. And hey, we just took a pause and watched them. Yeah. Multiple trailers because we talked about another one too. Well, two, two trailers. Two trailers. Two trailers. And yeah, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Robert Redford starring in. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big thing that you want to really that's catch out of. Yeah. That, that's what Paul walks away from. It was like, away. like hey, Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Remember One of my when favorite he was, actors. Remember when he was yeah. relevant? Wow, that's a kind of a surprise. I love him in the movie uh, Barefoot in the Park. I don't like Robert Redford, so I've never seen that. Oh wow! Do you like? He's your Tom Hanks. Do you like? No. Do you like that his face is like a worn out catcher's mitt? Yeah. He's grandfatherly in a way now. He's the natural? Come on. Buffalo? I don't think that hair's natural, though. No, mm. not anymore. He's, it's mostly machine. Oh. It's mostly machine. <laughs> sneakers? A lot of fun. Uh, I like Sneakers, but it's a horrible movie. It's a, lot of, it's a fun heist movie. It's, just... it's so bad, though. It's so good. But Captain America looks like it's going to be really good. Captain America does look really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm glad that they went with Winter Soldier. Where else do you go? Yeah, that's a great. It'll be a good foil. Yeah. <laughs> um, Falcon stuff looks like it'll be pretty cool. I really love the whole like. Well, sometimes you got to give up the past to make way for a better future, and Captain America's like, yeah, this is fear, not freedom. Like, it's a very good anti-patriotism like look you know, kind of movie, because for the longest time we've been getting, like, Spider-Man lands on the American flag, America, hell yeah, yeah. like, kind of superhero movies. So now I think we're we're far enough away from things where we can be like, yeah, maybe we should be a little bit more introverted. And I, think, I think Paul's forgetting about 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. I was kind of afraid about where it led us. Yes, whatever. And then now, happy we're getting more into the. Oh, let's actually. We're think not about always what we're the doing. best. Yeah, yeah. And we prove that every time we do a drone attack. Okay, enough of the political talk. <laughs> that was all, Paul. Yeah, and sorry, if that was me. If you want to keep, stop doing that, email him at Paul at Bagged and Board. No, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That's what <laughs> I read. Um, we I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to it. it looks like it's going to be a pretty action packed. When that when that mm-hmm. came up, I put it right on our. Facebook because I was excited and I wanted to see what everyone else uh, mm-hmm. thought of it. Um, and then the other one is X-Men Days of Future Past X-Men Origins 2. Well, they've completely dropped the oh, first yeah. class from mm-hmm. the title. No, I oh, really? Yeah. I just like I just like saying that. It's just X-Men, X-Men Days, Days of, Days of Future, Future Past. Past, not yeah. yeah. X-Men First Class. Yeah, because there are no first class kids no. in that movie. Is there? Everyone's like basically it could be another subtitle a shit ton of mutants. I know, because they flashed like, boom, because there's Blink, there's Warpath, there's, Bishop. I don't know who. Bishop, yeah. You see Iceman, you see Rogue. Yeah, Iceman with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. He's older now. Yeah. That's how you know. It's kind of cool. I like the beard. <laughs> but you get Mystique, Mag- Magnetos. Dual Magnetos, Dual mm-hmm. Professor Xavier's, you get Old Man Wolverine. You get Nazi Killer Michael Fassbender, Magneto. That's that's the X Men First Class movie I wanted. But we've talked about this. Um, it it looks good, and it looks good that you have that darker future tone, and then it's like really kind of brighter, picture wise, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in in the setting and everything for the 
70s stuff. And the future, it's a future from the 90s, and you can tell because everybody has a lot of buckles. Buckled up. It looks like they're all wearing straitjackets, almost. They're ready to ride. Yeah, but it's got to be deeper into the future than than the 90s, Paul. Yeah, but it's the 90s version. Yeah. Like, Back to the Future style, where the divergent path happens, Mm, like, from the 90s. I got you now. Okay. But he actually goes back in time to, I'm guessing... The seventies, with how Professor X looks, yeah, yeah. with the long hair and how it, like Fassbender looked, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm excited because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for stupid bald jokes. I'm excited because it's this movie. Brian Singer again attached to it, and is Brian Singer attached to it directing? Which mm-hmm. you know he wants to come and knock it out of the park because. People naysayed the the ones that he wasn't attached to, so he wants to be like... And also, people naysayed Superman Returns. Like, that's gotten a lot of, like, criticism since. Yeah. So it's him coming back to the superhero genre, uh, genre which they don't mention, the Superman director of The Usual Suspects well, and plus, X-Men. Plus, they don't want... Yeah, but yeah, that's I think a completely usual, different... I think Usual Suspects might be under... Yeah, 20th Century Fox. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. So yeah, uh, both of them look, both of them look good. Um, what I'm worried about, Paul, when you think Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. what do you want your Great actor compass. to look like? What else do you want from your professor? Kind of tall, Mr. lanky. Fant- okay, tall, lanky, and uh, gray, graying temples. Yeah. So you wouldn't want like a twenty-something-year-old uh, who's that fast-talking Vince Vaughn guy. Because that was his last role that he acted as. Vince Vaughn? Like a Vince Vaughn fast-talking kind of guy. Actor. Vince Vaughn doesn't seem that fast-talking. He always seems not, very not, confused. No, it's, I'm, it's I'm, not I'm, Vince Vaughn. Okay. It's that Vince Vaughn fast-talking it's a, it's character. Type. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably not. Oh, because that's who they're talking to. Who? Uh, they are who? talking to... Who are they talking to? Miles to Teller who? to play... Mr. Fantastic. Miles Teller. Teller. He is best known for his 21 and older, where he played that fast-talking Vince Vaughn kind of character. Now, if Teller dropped a few pounds, I could see Teller as Mr. Fantastic. (laughs) That would be be horrible. Um, But that's, I mean, it's good. with the younger guy, he's a twenty, like twenty-five year old. I'm looking him up on uh, the IMDb, which just had a birthday a few weeks ago. Oh, well, probably like a few months ago now. Um, but it looks like it's going to be that younger kind of Mark Millar ultimate. Uh, yep, yeah. ultimate Fantastic Four. I don't like the Ultimate Fantastic Four. You know why? Hmm. Reed Richards just becomes a villain. So, but, uh, that's what you look like you're gonna get with that, Paul. Uh, I'm yeah, well, sorry. it's okay. Well, you know, I don't own the Rises Silver Surfer, or whatever that one's called. Yeah. No. I have the first Fantastic Four movie, but I only watch it for the, like, like, little montage of them, like, pulling pranks on each other and, like, dealing with their powers at home. Because that is fun. Yeah. But everything else is kind of like that. You know, right? I, I, I would imagine you're the one that always, wa- like, you would want, you're the one that would want, like, the really well done Fantastic Four I movie. got that. It's called Incredibles. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know but, what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess that's... 
pretty much there, you know, yeah. just swap out the powers, rearrange them a bit, and, but I got that fun family dynamic with superpowers. Incredibles, not exactly the Fantastic Four movie, it would be a lot different, you know, it wouldn't be, but, you know, I, I when it's with Fox, I, I, I cannot put eggs into those baskets. Well, something that's not at Fox anymore is Daredevil. Yeah. And Kevin Feige did an interview recently where he was talking about something that they are looking at going into, and he's excited about it because it's delving into something different that they haven't had in the actual Marvel universe since Marvel Pictures has started doing their own thing, where they're working on a character that has a secret identity. Mm-hmm. And he was quick to say, like, you know, this is something that we've been talking about for years. It's years out. You probably won't see it for a while. Mm-hmm. But... You know, they're excited about having this, and people are all managed like, well, Daredevil. Like, that's something mm-hmm. that different that they can play with. That'd be really exciting. Because right now, all of their characters, it's like, no, Tony Stark is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Thor is Thor. Thor is Thor. Like, that's who they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must have been the same article, too, where he um, <coughs> was interviewed, and he said that Black Panther is in yeah. development. You're probably not going to see it next year or... 2015, but it is coming. It's in development, and it's a character that he's again excited mm-hmm. for doing and having. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Well, Fantastic Four, right? That if something doesn't get done soon with it, it reverts back to Marvel. Yeah, but it's it is. Yeah, they're they're doing stuff they're doing stuff with it. It is. It can fall apart though. I don't know. They're talking to Miles Teller. They got Black Panther, who's pretty much a Fantastic Four character, you know. It's so weird. Like there has to be yeah. a there has to be some sort of diagram someplace. There's like, probably I mean there's probably a line, you know, a grid but line a whole that thing goes with, like like Quicksilver, Quicksilver too. Yeah. You know. Like if they put them in a movie first, do they get dibs or we're like No, no they're going to be dibs. in both. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out cuz that'll be kind of interesting. X-Men First Class 2 Days of Future Past Night of Too Many Mutants. I know First Class look or- Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. It's it's looking better. Like I'm more excited to see this one now than any of the first, other ones. Yeah, more than First Class. No, but not more than two. No, that was some psych. That, there yeah. was definitely some psych. I there, was going was in with there. for X X two because yeah. that was that was going to be great. And even during the first like opening was oh that Nightcrawler thing. Nightcrawler oh, the Nightcrawler and then the the assault on the Xavier home. Yep. With Cyclops suiting up, or with, uh, Colossus. With Colossus meddling up? Yeah. I wish you'd saw more of him. Oh. But oh. then we did in the X3. Yeah, but I only yeah. saw it the one time, and I, yeah, don't, I don't remember most of I it. I saw X3 twice. <clears throat> the second time, Kate, because Kate really enjoyed the first and second X-Men movies, you know? She also grew up watching the cartoon series. And, uh, I'm like, Kate. I don't know if you want to go see it. She's like, no, 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 don't tell me anything about it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then she looks at me like 15 minutes in and she's like, this is, this is horrible. This is just bad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. No. Uh, but hopefully they pull it together. Uh, stay for post credits, of course. Uh, yeah, if always. you're going to go see Thor, uh, Dark of the World, Dark. The Dark of the World? Dark World. Oh, Dark World. Uh, because the post-credits will feature uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, or the kickoff to the pass-off, the torch 
being passed, the baton passing to... To what, phase three now? Is that phase, what we're on? Uh, phase two? Is no, this, phase is two? Still, this is still phase two. I think oh. Guardians are still part of phase two. Okay. Because all the is sequels, everything. Yeah, I think okay. Ant-Man might be phase three. Ant-Man, Captain America Phase 2? Yeah, Captain America 2 is Phase 2. <sighs> so many phases. All the sequels. It's phase 2, with the 2 in the title. Right? <laughs> Everything post-Avengers is Phase 2. Avengers was the cutoff for Phase 1. So is and Age I think of Ultron going to be the end of Phase 2, then? I think it's this... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, th- I think that would probably... That probably makes sense, you know? Yeah. Ended with the Avengers. Yeah. And then everything mm-hmm. after that. Use those three. to book in them. <laughs> That's um, pretty smart. Talking about endings, DC is ending its relationship in New York City and moving out west to Burbank, California to join DC Entertainment out there. Wow. Since DC Studios is over there. That's uh, always been a rumor for both companies, yeah. like whether or not they'd move <clears throat> to California. DC is consolidating everything to California, so they are emptying their offices. It's going to be within the upcoming year, I think, the release said. But. Well, they started doing that. Didn't they start, like, last year they started moving people? Well, all of DC Entertainment mm-hmm. is yeah. over there now. So that's where, like, Jeff Johns is operating out of. But all of DC Editorial... Well, Jeff Johns lived out there anyway, so yeah. it's not like... But all of DC Editorial is still based in New York City, so they will be packing up and heading west. That's tough. Which, but the thing is, a lot of industry professionals are saying, like, well, this could be their way of getting people out that they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. want in DC Comics anymore because they won't want to move. You got to move all the way across the country now. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how this affects things because, you know, we might see some people leave DC for Marvel or some people from Marvel join DC because, hey, like, I can get in here because this editor is no longer with the company. It's battle lines, they're drawn, man. I know, it's, it's been very heavily corporate, like, <laughs> ever since DC Entertainment came out, and then it became real, like, in your face after, the, with the new 52 of how corporate it seems DC has become, mm-hmm. how strong, strongly editorialized it is. Which is one of the things we kind of worried about, like, okay, stronger continuity versus, you know, it seems that that's a trade-off. You get stronger, co- book-wide, or what company line wide, line, yeah. line wide uh, continuity versus creators doing what they want, and telling great stories. No. And for whatever reason, DC hasn't found that right mix yet for me. Yeah, there's a balance. Marvel, you got company wide continuity, but then I can just read, you know, my FF and my Daredevil and my. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that, Paul. So you like reading Daredevil? Yeah. Guess what book you won't be able to read anymore? Daredevil. Daredevil is coming to an end. Yeah, but it's going to be digital. Yes. They are ending the Daredevil monthly to relaunch Daredevil Weekly, (laughs) which you can read only online. Um, Chris Samney's no longer going to be on art. Mm -hmm. They're uh, new artists jumping on. I can't remember who. Yeah, I don't But it's still written by Mark Wade. Mm -hmm. Um, So people are expecting. Is he going to be reading? He's going to be writing all the weeklies? Mm -hmm. Wow. But. Usually with a digital format, they're not 20 pages worth of digital. It's usually a shorter form. Yeah, it's always going to be like the 99-cent yeah. ones that you... Like the, <coughs> I'm assuming. The uh, Batman 66 and mm-hmm. all that. Where they will more than likely be collected after a full month yeah. worth of releases. We'll have like it'll be... an anthology or something mm-hmm. type book. It'll be fun. I, uh, I, I do enjoy reading 
digitally. So I'm just sad that this is going to be, you know, me not reading Daredevil anymore because I really like that book. Yeah. Unless it comes out in print, I won't yeah. do it just because it's just something I don't think about. Here's the thing. If it was continued to be published, mm-hmm. like, okay, it came out digitally and then, and, you know, yeah, two months or a month later it comes out. As of right now, there's no announcement. So I'm going to have that gap between when I read Daredevil 36 until Daredevil 37 or number one, however they continue to do this. That's a jumping off point for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Like if yeah. it continued to come out still, like, okay, like, yeah, I can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Probably jumping on point for me and not like right away, but it's one of those things that I can see like, I'm really bored. What could I read right now on my lunch break? Oh, there's those Daredevils. And I can, I'll pick them up. Do you have, have, any, do you have any more news? No, no, not that I can think of. Well, you know what else is cool? Our next beer. Like I said, also... Oh, we've for, been drinking it for yeah. a while. <laughs> also for I'm like, oh, man, I haven't... Been, oh, wait, this yeah, is this our next is the beer. One. We poured it when we were looking at the yeah. trailer, so we've been drinking it. This is also from New Holland. Like I said, this is the Farmhouse Hatter, which is their farmhouse IPA. Hmm. This is nice. It, it has a seasoned pop to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I, isn't... Again, it isn't anything where it's a full mouth flavor. It just has a nice little pop. It is really drinkable. It's got that Belgian style to it, mm -hmm. but and it's got a little bit of that kind of bitterness to it. At the very end, yeah. Um, The linger. uh, Similar to the Michigan, though. That had that as well. I I would, you know, you see that Belgian, and I was hoping for a little more spice to it, but uh, it's still good. I think, Mm -hmm. I I mean... I think we might have been spoiled... Because when we think Belgian, we automatically go to Oma again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of their beers are pretty spiced. Yeah. They're housed in Cooperstown, after all. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the Baseball Hall of Fame. I thought that was Spice Capital USA. <laughs> no. Oh. Where was my head? Here's <laughs> the thing. Every other Belgian style, unless it's a Saison, doesn't have those no. spices. So. No, it doesn't. I mean, it, it depends what style it is, but I see Farmhouse... Farmhouse Ale is a Saison. So I thought, oh, Belgian style, we'd get a little more spice to it. But you get the other characteristics that you expect. It doesn't say Saison on here at all. No, but a Farmhouse Ale is a Saison. Belgian-born yeast. So I I was just saying, with Farmhouse, to me, I see Saison. I expect that spice, but I get all the other Belgian characteristics I would want. Out of this beer, aside from that spice. I like it. I like it more than the Michigan Hatter. I think I would take Michigan Hatter over this. But we'll power rank these at yeah. the end. Oh, yeah! Return to the power rank. I just became a wacky DJ. Call <laughs> me that sound, everybody. <laughs> I was, well, I was busy trying to look up what is the spice capital of the United States. <laughs> and all I kept on getting was, like, capital spice. Like, the spicy reports from... Washington, D.C. Yeah. Which then you I got Capital care. Spice, which is like a gentleman's club. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, mm. What do we got coming up next? Hey, we're going to go into the list. And this is the books that are coming out November 6th that uh, we are interested in. Paul, what do you think Chris is interested in? Oh, I think he's interested I in a... I already told uh, you guys. This is in cheap. A, in a, yeah, but like we talked about, we don't listen to each other. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a DC book. No. Oh. Faking it, because it's a Marvel book, and you know it. 
Darn my lack of hearing. Well, it's a Marvel book, so you know it's one of three families of titles I read. Daredevil? It's not a Daredevil book. Young Avengers? Not Young Avengers. Oh, it's got to be an X-Men book. I'm looking forward to Amazing X-Men number one, written by Jason Aaron, drawn by Ed McGuinness. Wait a second. Yes. Jason Aaron, doesn't he already write a X-Men book that you like? He does. And that's why when I saw his name on another X-Men book, I was like, all right, here we go. And what's the big draw for this one is this is going to be the return of Nightcrawler, one of my favorite X-Men. We had a Nightcrawler-based episode back when he died during Messiah Complex. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a No, story. that wasn't Messiah Complex. Was it? Or was It was back when she came back. I forget. Yeah. Uh, it was on our trip back from my birthday beer trip Man. from Syracuse. Is it Messiah Complex or what was? What it's was Messiah it? Complex. Yeah. They okay. they include that in the blurb. Okay. <laughs> uh, but this is Jason Aaron telling a story he's wanted to tell for years, centering around Nightcrawler and as a pirate, the X Men team going to get him. It's a swashbuckling adventure. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, Storm, Kitty Pride, Firestar, Iceman, Northstar. There's one more X-Men on it. Siren. No. That would be great. She was my, one of my X-Men picks for my team. But, mm-hmm. no, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. As soon as you say Nightcrawler's returning, I'd probably be checking out that book anyways. And the fact that it's being handled by Jason Aaron, that's you know that's going to be fun because Wolverine and the X-Men has just been a blast to read for the mm-hmm. past two years. So him handling Nightcrawler. And then also Wolverine... I'm okay with buying another X book that has Wolverine in it because it's written by Jason Aaron. Yeah, that's what three or four X books that you're picking. No, five. No, because I'm reading all new X Men, Uncanny X Men, X Men, Wolverine and the X Men. Amazing X Men will be number five. Five. Yeah. Are you still reading the one with the um, like the girl? Yeah, that's yeah, that's X Men. Yeah. How's that one still going? It's good. Good. Yeah. They wrapped up their first story arc a month ago. Yeah. Now they're in the Battle of the Atom stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've been. Not picking it, it up only because it's Battle of the issue. Oh, it's the first Stark was pretty good. It it's pretty it's good. got some fun Rogue stuff in there and uh-huh. Jubilee too. So hey, why not? Yeah, well, nice. so, got Jubilee. So Chris is there. So I'm there. He's there. <laughs> She's still John, a vampire though. Where do you think Paul is? He's sitting right there in the chair. Yes, but, but, I, Spice, but reading wise, Spice City, USA. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Stop staring at my spice rack, all right? <laughs> That's what you need to call your dick now. <laughs> call my dick Big Ben. Everybody knows it. Well, better off calling it's one of those rack. ironic names, right? <laughs> no, because... So when you call a fat guy skinny? <laughs> no. What book are you looking forward to, Paul? Batman Black and White, number three. Uh... These are really hard to find when they first come out. They they sell out at our local comic book store uh, early on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm hoping to actually. I, I missed number two. I'm look, still looking to pick that up and back issues. Uh, and number, th- I really enjoyed number one. We'll be talking about that later on in the podcast. It's just out of con- continuity anthology book telling great Batman stories it's- written by great. It's Great. those great art- artists and writers who want to work on a Batman story that Some this of is them a... are heavy-handed. <laughs> uh, but they're the ones like, oh, I, you know, it's a story I want to see in Batman or mm-hmm. a story I always wanted. And um, they're all, they're, they are always fun, the black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, 
I'm, I'm excited to pick up the next one. And, or, uh. The next two, really. Hmm. If I can find it. Paul! What do you think Chris is looking forward to? Crap, I already went. Oh, I guess John. Uh, John, there's no way to know because he'll pick some sort of obscure book that nobody's ever heard of, and then two months from now, we'll be like, hey, John, what did you think, end up thinking about that book? And you're like, oh, I don't know, I didn't actually pick it up. Well, it's because it was in the obscure <laughs> section of my previews where it just got passed over. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm actually looking forward to Green Arrow 25. What? That's a book I've heard of. Hey! Um, Jeff Lemire is still on it with uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Um, this is going to be tying into the Batman Year One. It's uh, Oliver as he's just gotten back from the island. You know, again, what is he supposed to do with his life? Mm. No, it's like oh. his first time. Oh, getting so back it's a from Year Zero. Man. It's a Year Zero. I just said it's a tie-in to oh, Batman man. Year Zero. Italian to Batman Year Zero. I didn't know that they both their Year Zeros correlated. Sure, why not? That they both had Year Zeros the same year. Hey. Yep. <laughs> guess so. Guess what? What? Ding dong. Hello. They did. <laughs> I guess so. You Ooh. are behind the times, Spice City. <laughs> I guess all Year Zeros happened the exact same year, and that year was 1999. Possibly. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. And what I'm looking forward to before cracking into the next Rye Hatter is a dramatic reading. Back and board? Yeah, we're sorry. Yeah. Just, all right. Well, thanks for listening to the Bag and Board cast podcast. <laughs> See, I'm barely speaking English. It's Yannick. <laughs> And this is a dramatic reading for Paul. And this is Red Robin, number five, page seven, panel one. I must first say, yum. Panel one? I've been resurrected. And that was a dramatic reading from Red Robin. Yum. Number five, read by Paul. That book's from 2009, which is scary. 2009, y'all. There hasn't been a, rob- a proper Robin title since 2009. That's just depressing. <laughs> since before 2009, because that's the fifth issue. Okay. Yeah. And before we get into our next beer, in front of each of us, there is a candy. Okay. And this is from Founders. This is a hop candy. Hop pop? It's flavored with hops. I have not tried them yet. I bought one for each of us. I figured it would be a fun little treat to do on the show. This is very nice. I hope they're not bad. That's the only thing I want. This is like a little trick or treat right now. Is it a a trick? Is it a treat? It tastes like hops. Tastes like hops. I can't get it open. Yeah, I don't want to say any more before Paul. Mm hmm. Usually hops. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. But it's a piney hop, so it's not the citrusy. I was really thinking, oh, candy, it has to be the citrusy hop. It's not bad. I actually like it because it reminds me of just one of those. Like candies that you would get from your grandfather because he liked shitty candy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. Uh, he grew up back in the day where the candy ca- wasn't supposed to taste good. What are they called? Oh, those caramel ones? No, the, like the purple ne- ones. They come. Necco wafers? Oh. Necco wafers are good. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, the candy. Necco wafers. They come in like the purple, like roll, but they're square shaped. Yeah, the. Like velvets? Yeah, yeah something velvet. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like that because it's. Menthol velvet. Vaguely like soapy, but. <laughs> You'll still eat it because that's the only thing you can dig out of, like, the center console in the car. Mm-hmm. Or those candies that were 
strawberry with the little like oh those are oh, delicious because then they looked like the strawberry yeah, yeah. I, I love those strawberry I like the other flavors too it was like the, a pineapple one the I velvet know. were I always kind of licorice flavored though and it was purple and it just blew my mind and I did not like them because I don't like licorice violets that's what they were called well when violets. you said they were purple I was like yeah violet you said they were purple too I know yeah. I did but it didn't register until Paul said it hmm. good work Paul yeah Paul this mm-hmm. isn't bad though this no. is something I would eat regularly if I could find them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go regularly, but no. I would enjoy it every once in a while. Like mm-hmm. It'd be one of those things, like, if I saw it, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to get some hop candy. My dentist would be very upset with these because they're a hard candy, and I'm just sucking on sweets. Can't be sucking on sweets. We'll just swallow it whole. Yeah, just swallow it. Swallow it. I can, swallow this it. is a huge-ass pill. I can swallow it. Yeah, just swallow it. Swallow it. I can't oh, swallow. Just swallow it. I, I'm going to have to spit it out. Paul, I can't swallow, swallow this. Just swallow it. Don't no. waste it. Swallow it. I can't. Paul, I paid 25 cents for that. Why would you want to waste it? I'm it's not a lot of money. It. Swallow it. You swallow it. I'm going to money. He used yeah. told money. Paul, swallow it. Just swallow it. I could have borrowed my easy pass. No. Swallow it. Swallow it. I can't. Yes, you can. It was too big. I just swallowed mine. Why would you waste it? I sound like Gandalf back before they, when they wanted him to quit smoking. I want to... I want to get into this next beer. Did you swallow it, Paul? Swallowed it. I okay. needed the beer to help. I couldn't just swallow it. I wanted it. to actually taste it with the beer to see if it mm. tasted different. I can no. still taste the candy. It's got a nice length. It actually, it, try it with the beer. It actually has kind of like a... No. Didn't do anything. <clears throat> <laughs> Paul says no, it does not. Like, it leaves a nice lingering... It's probably just candy, but it feels like it's lingering a nice IPA <laughs> taste on your tongue. No, it's just sweetness yeah. is there, and then the lingering IPA that's in all of these beers yes. is still on my tongue. Because next, up- I miss boxes from Japan. That's what that candy <laughs> did. Oh well. Uh, next up, we listeners, have- if you're in Japan. Next up, we have the Rye Hatter, which is their Rye PA. We don't have any Japanese listeners, and we don't have any listeners. They, they don't exist. <laughs> They've been scamming you guys with telling you all these downloads. Google, Google's lying to us. That's all I know. I have to say, this so far, I know we're going to hold off to do powering. This is my favorite. Hmm. Um, I would probably go my second favorite. I still, re- I still enjoy the Michigan Hatter. Um, I, I really find it just hard to, it's hard to make a good rye. And, I mean, not that this is bad, but, I don't know. I'm always looking for something a little different with the rye. Yeah, it's not toasty. It's not over. I don't get much rye on it. Yeah, I don't get a lot of and rye. I, I like a toasted Check out that rye. linger, though, on that back end. Like, that's, that's all the rye I ever want. I think it's the candy. We keep on saying linger more than Sinead O'Connor. I don't know who's saying that. Song. Oh. Do you have to? That's the cranberries. Oh. <laughs> She was, from she, Ireland, was, she so. was a woman, mm-hmm. and she had shorter hair. And then, Dolores O'Riordan? I don't think it was that short. She had, like, know. short blonde hair. That's right. That's out. her name. I know that. Yeah, that's a ball beer. That's better good. than me with music. Music trivia would kill me in bar trivia night. I would not I would do it. I'd love to do bar trivia some night. You do them, like, all the time. No, there's so many places around here that do Katie. it. Katie. Eric's Katie goes to bar trivia quite a bit. Hmm. That's an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that'll be in the bar trivia. Yeah, maybe. Which of your friends comes to these all the time? <laughs> I really like the Rye Hatter. So I'm just saying that he can then ask a person next time we're all hanging out about bar trivia, and maybe then he would oh, I could just easily. Along. You can just look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, but. I follow places on Facebook that do it. 
Okay. I've just never done it. You've never gotten a group together? No. We should do like a because uh, old toad does it. We should do like an old toad one. That's the thing. Like it. That's that's a It's drive. hard to and, work out just like a day off normally for us to do stuff. Yeah, that's true. We, if we have a day off together, we're doing the podcast. Yeah, that's we could do a out. we could do the show on the way up on a Sunday because I think it's on Sundays, Sundays and Mondays. Well, that's something to discuss off the podcast because listeners. Well, what's something to discuss on the show, Paul? Well, that would be the books that we've read this month. Oh, okay. From our main topic. Our main topic. Yeah. Is that a rotating main topic? It's a rotating main topic. This week we're doing our October look back. Whoa. So, what? Hi, this is Marcus Tell, and you're listening to the Bag and Boardcast. Oh, we should read or uh, talk about Batman Black and White? That's yes. right. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. That's the first one on the stack. Very you, small stack. There you go. Chris, hey. you can start with that because it's all your right. copy. What? What we have here is Batman Black and White number one, and this is a Batman anthology book. Um, DC did this a few years ago, too, where they had a series come out where it was big-name writers, big-name artists, just getting together, telling the Batman story that they wanted to do out of continuity, like, say whatever you mm-hmm. want. And it, I really enjoyed it because it brings something different to Batman than you would normally get if you just picked up, you know, your like a copy of Batman off the shelf, like mm-hmm. Batman, you know, number 8,888. Because it's people that just want to tell a Batman story. And they're given, you know, six, seven pages to do it in. And we love the anthology books Mm -hmm. here. Not just because they're fun, but because it gives us something really awesome to talk about. Because you get so much from each one. Every Mm -hmm. story can be different. And they always are. Do we all want to go around and just pick the story that's their favorite? And introduce that, or you want to go through each story individually? I think go through each story individually, because I think the favorite stories will probably be the same. Okay. And, like, the least favorite will probably be the same. Will be the... Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the book starts off with, actually, a Robin story written by Chip Kidd, illustrated by Michael Cho. And this is called Don't Know Where, Don't Know When. And this was actually probably my favorite in the book. Did you you read the Robin uh, the Gauntlet, right? I don't know which one. It's it's an old Robin issue where it's basically Batman puts him to a test, like where he has to do the, Wait, was bat, that the rounds. The miniseries. Uh, I think it. I think it was a prestige issue. Prestige okay. I don't know if I've read that issue. one, but like one yeah. of the very no, it was the second Robin miniseries. Was basically Tim Drake, you know, doing the rounds while Batman was out of town. No, I I love this story, and it's basically Batman calls Robin for assistance, and Robin can't find him. It's Batman Chronicles the Gauntlet, is what I'm thinking. I think I've read any of that. Written by Bruce Carwell. But the book's really fun, and it's got that kind of older, pulpy look to it, just how, like, it's not it's not spandex costumes. It looks like just a shirt kind of, you know, the Batman shirts. It's like a shirt tucked in. Superman shows up in it, and um, no, it is a lot of fun, and it has that great kind of style to it. It reminds me a lot of uh, Darwin Cook kind of style. Yeah. Or Chris Somney. Yeah. 
Is that Neo? I, I would go more Neo Chris Omni because look at how much shadow is used. And even like, well, you gotta, we, you gotta use yeah. shadow when you're doing a black and like white, white book, book, though. Um, but I mean, just like that, like when Chris just showed like the picture of like Superman there, mm-hmm. like aside from being in the shadow, it looks like a Darwin Cook. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. Darwin Cook. And I think that's a lot just in how it's inked too. Mm-hmm. But this this was just fun. Like Robin can't find Batman. He calls in Superman. Like, hey. Well, I, he doesn't really call him in. I Superman think Superman just, just kind of shows, shows up. up. Hmm. It, I think he hears he hears him crying at dawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hears him being worried. Chin up, son. Uh, no, but it was. It's it's really fun. It's a great. This is the this is the perfect way to start a number one issue of an anthology book like that mm-hmm. with that fun Robin story and. Uh, a good way to stop you from reading this anthology. What's great about it is what I, I really miss from the animated series is Batman as the side character. Yeah. And we get another story that's almost exactly this, that is so reminiscent of the animated series, which would be probably be my favorite story out of this issue. Uh, where Batman is, is the reason everybody's there, but he's not, the main focus of the story. Something I really enjoy. Yeah. And I, that's what I like about it too, because it's a Robin story and I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting to get a Robin story like right out the gate with mm-hmm. this, but it is, it's a Batman book yeah. and Batman is in it. You can't, you can't fault that. Well, because with Batman, as soon as he shows up and, and actually sees, goes face to face with any criminal, Batman will win. It's Batman's superpower, right? He, he always finds a way to win. He's kind of like the doctor that way. Yeah. You know? So the, the interesting drama is when he's not involved in the story. Yeah, pretty much. Like and Blink. Like what? Yes. Blink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They go back to Doctor, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Blink, yeah. But, John, go ahead and segue us right into the next story, which was... is uh, is uh, the Neil Adams story. How's how's your hand? Heavy? Is it heavy, or is it just a story? I think it's just a story. Oh, okay. It's a story where Batman is a zombie that is powerless to any modern-day plight that might fall fall upon us, the average citizen of the United States. And he's only real or an actual live person and not zombified when he's fighting the super-criminals of Gotham. Girl losing her house because she thought she didn't need to make payments while she was doing a refinance as part of the, I guess, hemp or, or house homeowners assistance mortgage program. Uh, she gets confused and now the bank is foreclosing upon her and there's gonna, and the sheriff is evicting her. Batman can't help. He's a zombie at that point. Huh, but, so you got further into it than I did. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't read this. Like it is. Uh, very I, sketchy. It's all written and drawn by Neil Adams, and I'm just not a fan. It's all very pencil. There is no ink over this. It's just straight pencil, yeah. and it's great, great. You know, pretty awesome art. The art know? is pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, for that, for what it, for what it is. I mean, it's that sketchy, penciled. All pencils, yeah. You know, it does have some really kind of shining moments in it. Like that first, that first zombie Batman does look really good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
you know, when you get to, I don't know, where's that one panel? Like, with, the, with all the villains, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know. But I wouldn't say it's... And he comes alive to fight Yeah, he comes alive to fight him. But it is like, I skimmed this one. It really just was blah. Well, we write, like, uh, we learned that it was just a nightmare Batman was ha- having about how powerless he feels as Batman with, uh, you know, a guy that's, uh, you know, serving 15 years in prison because he was found with one ounce of marijuana on him. And he's like, oh, but you'll be out in no time. And he's like, no, this is my third offense. Oh, the criminal justice system. I can't do anything about it. I am he zombie stole Batman. A, he stole a tube socks, and now he's going yeah. away for 25 years. Because of the third. Because get to, you know, it's that really heavy-handed kind of preachy, like, these are the plights that we, we have to face as, you know, Americans. Which has its... And it ends with place. the begin... It does say the begin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really hate that story now. <laughs> I didn't even catch that because I didn't read it. Like I just couldn't. Is it French for the beginning? No, it says the begin. The begin. Kind of like because the, because at the end it's bat it's Bruce Wayne <laughs> going to work that he doesn't. I don't need to be Batman to do mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put it on my button up shirt. Yeah. The begin. Yeah. The begin. No. But the next story is awesome. The next story is much better, and what you would want out of an anthology. An anthology. And this is uh, Harley and Ivy, Justice is Served, by uh, Joe... Ah, served. Joe... <laughs> Quinos? Quinones. Quinones? In Maris Wicks. Look at the Quinones on this Quinones. I can never. I never know how to do that. Say that guy's name. I have a. I have a. Yeah, you have a, a print by him. Yeah, you have the Madman, Madman one. Yeah, and he also did the Green Lantern stuff from Wednesday Comics. Oh, nice. Which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But he he's got a great, clean, expressive art style, and seeing him handle like a Harley and Poison Ivy. Yeah. Right back to the animated series with me. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is fun. Uh, it, it actually throws me more back the actual story itself to Gotham Girls. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah that like was the, the name animated of it. The animated thing. Yeah. Uh, Flashbase animated web series. That was a lot of fun too. Yeah. If you can find that online still, definitely look it up. And they had a comic series too for a while. Yeah. Gotham City Sirens. Are you? Thinking no, they of, actually or? had a Gotham Girls oh. book as well. Oh, I, I think it was only like six issues. Mm-hmm. It was like a mini series. But. Yeah, go ahead, John. Justice is served. Justice is served. And um, you start with Harley. She's robbing a uh, <clears throat> a new fast food place. And she she has the hyenas in her convertible. She's bringing dinner home for Mr. J. She feeds the um, hyenas, and they blow up to a giant proportion. They get bloated uh, and, and greenish with red spots. That's what it says in the book. Okay. Well, they blow up. Makes it sound like they explode. Yeah. Oh, so they they blow, and you can see like they get plants sticking out yeah. of them too. Uh, and Batman's on the case as well. Harley does the first thing that she thinks of is she's blaming Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. She takes the dogs there. She hears it on a news report that it was probably Poison Ivy. She doesn't jump to the conclusion herself. Sorry. Let's let's be clear. I'm sorry. Okay. I read this really quickly. 
Our listeners deserve... <laughs> we don't have any listeners. <laughs> Paul's really down on the listenership. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Usually when Paul drinks as much, he, we get fun Paul. Now he's sad Paul. <laughs> Sour puss Paul. Sour puss Paul. I'm going to drink this really quick now. <laughs> so you have uh, you have the team up between Ivy and uh, Harley to figure out where this all came down to. And again, the TV giving them a lot of their clues to mm-hmm. figure everything out. A deus ex machina, if you will. And uh, it turns out it's... Guy that well, you don't need to spoil the whole thing. Yeah, you summed, you know, we just need to sum it up. Sum it up. So they figure it out. They yeah. go to do it. And, and uh, you get the whole story. Okay. Yeah. Good. good. <laughs> All right, John. You were going page by page as I if don't it was know. a book report. I'm tired. <laughs> it's okay. Look, this, this is also the type of story you want to get out of like a Batman anthology book because it's it's fun. Like, The bank and blah 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 blah. And Chris is just sitting there on the phone. He's not doing or saying anything. I thought I had to fill time. Nobody else was no, saying I, anything. I was, I was just in point. Point. John John reads me I'm comics. gonna chug the beer. <laughs> John reads the comics. Well, I was just hoping what you thought of it, John. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like that was I, a dramatic reading. <laughs> it's this, this one says probably end. This is probably my second favorite in the anthology here, mm-hmm. just because it's a fun Gotham City story. That yeah, Batman appears in it, mm-hmm. and it's always good to see Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn together. It's always fun to have Poison Ivy give you a va 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 boom moment. She does give you a va 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 boom moment. That's very true. And like the way he actually draws the costumes, like it's just big leaves on there. Mm-hmm. Looks like she's wearing salad. It does look like she's wearing salad. It's one way to get um, me to eat my greens. <laughs> the, the doctor in this though looks like um, what's his name, Krieger from Archer. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Fun. It does look actually a lot like him. But this is what I like about anthology books, and again, very reminiscent of. The animated series, mm-hmm. not just because Harley and Ivy are together, but just with the way it kind of has that O. Henry ending. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Next, we get Mechanic Bruce. It's how Bruce Wayne kind of like unwinds after a long night of crime fighting. Working on the Batmobile. Yeah, he just wants something to be wrong with it, so he has an excuse to tinker. It's, you know, back in the day, I, I guess... There's something that happened with the Batman like kind of series where he, he employed a bunch of people. Like we had the mute mechanic for a while. Yeah. We in the animated series we had the one guy that actually designed the Batmobile. And it wasn't like um what it like uh then in the movie was it Steel the guy who became Steel Superman in the animated? Steel. No. Seriously? No, but I think like in the books it was oh. at, at one time it was he was John Henry Irons. Yeah. I think uh, in the animated series too. One of them. No, the it, the mechanic was somebody that actually got was uh, saved by him. I don't know. It, there was a it was a very good episode, and I think it's called like Batman in the Basement or something like that. And the basement turns out to be a term for when you crash during a automobile race, NASCAR race, I guess. 
Uh, but anyways, it's called Driven. Yeah, this one's called Driven. It's written by John Rakuti, illustrated by Sean Murphy. Yeah. Who has worked on Batman before. And it's... With, uh, Batman and the Maidens, which was the... Like the precursor to the return of Rachel Ghoul. And he's doing, uh, Wake with Scott Snyder right now. And Wake is really when I was like, man, I really like his art. And I do really like his art in this Did book. Did he do Criminal, Sean Murphy? No, that's no. Sean Phillips. Oh. Okay. My bad. Not a, not a big jump to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a fun story of a chase that's happening with Red Rocket, uh, who's in a muscle car and Batman's in the Batmobile. And it's, Told, uh, non-sequentially, sequentially, uh, where it's going from Chase to Batman working on the car. And, and just Alfred. why he's working on what he's doing mm-hmm. and why he's making the tweaks. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty much a story of Batman taking the Batmobile out for a test drive and almost testing its limits. Mm-hmm. Or trying to put it past <clears throat> its limits yeah. and hoping that he's taking it to the edge. Yeah. And then we get a very, again, O. Henry moment at the end where it's, there's nothing wrong with the car. Yeah. And, but he decides to take it apart anyways. Well, he dings the fender. Uh-huh. He Don't has... keep giving everything away, John. <laughs> this book is three months old. And each story is only like seven pages. So by the time you get... I'm giving everything it. away. Yeah, he did. It's ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> but this... And Scarface the whole is... time. Driven is probably my third favorite. And again, it's... Is yeah, that Batman a, the Animated Series? This is exactly my number three, too. Where it would, this would work perfectly in that, like, oh no, it's a short half of the episode. Kind I of like, like the idea of Batman actually putting together his own shit. Yeah. Like, Batman yeah. as the Tinkerer. I didn't, like, I was, originally I was going with, like, we get introduced to these other characters, like, in every medium. Even in the movies, it's Lucius Fox that builds them all this, yeah. where, yeah. where he gets all his cool toys. But here, I like in the comic books, he's his own man. He's his yeah. own made man. It, he's the world's greatest detective. He's one of the world's greatest mm-hmm. minds. He should be able to do this stuff. And yeah. that's what I think, like, a lot of times in stories, you, you miss or you lose that, that mm-hmm. he should be the one who's creating that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um, from um, Identity Crisis, when they're trying to figure out who killed... Who killed um, What's your Sue? Sue, you know, it's like, well, we elongated wife, we aunt's wife. Searched through it with everything these other people had, and then Bruce came with his scary stuff mm-hmm. to, you know, to figure it out. And that should be it. He should be the guy that has this stuff that nobody else is thinking because he's on that darker edge. We, but he should be that great mind that can come up with this stuff. The last time we got it was in uh, the old Fifty Two Batman and Robin. Where, uh, Damien is working on the Batmobile and he's doing stuff off his designs that Bruce had just laying around and he comes up with a, you know, and puts together the flying car because he's like, well, my dad was a great mechanic, so am I, you know, kind of like, I'll show him. I'll actually get these designs to work. I'll show Grayson. I'll show that show Grayson. Grayson. Show that. Oh, man, I miss, I love that dynamic and it only worked with those two. Like, I did not like, Damien as Robin. No, that honestly, Bruce, no, Bruce that's right when I stopped buying Batman mm-hmm. and Robin. It wasn't because I was already reading a Batman book. Like if it had stayed like that caliber, I probably would have kept on going. Mm-hmm. But would we read a Batman book written by Howard Mackey with art by Chris Samney, like we get in the Head Game story? 
Sorry, I was no, trying, no, no, no. I was trying to get back into the book. Yeah, no, that's good. We get it, okay. Yeah, we did. You don't need to get up any higher. Okay, good. <laughs> Batman found a piece of wood. Yeah, and then he knew. That's all it takes. This is a lot more the Batman as the detective story. Mm-hmm. All of that, uh, crime has gone down where... All the uh, crime. A mobster has been basically gunned down. and uh, Second-rate mobster. Yeah. And Batman and Harvey Bullock are there to try to solve the case. And who's been doing the crime? Ventriloquist! <laughs> exactly, John. This And it's because, all because he lost his doll. Not my favorite story in here, but it's better than the Batman zombie one. So it's for that, it gets the third one. Because, again, even just with the inclusion of mm-hmm. Scarface and Ventriloquist, very reminiscent of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. And especially when they have, like, because I forgot about this, but where he can't pronounce uh, the yeah. bees. Yeah. And it's like a gat, like a gout. <laughs> Gatman. Like, it's, yeah, it's one of the things, like, I know they brought back the quote-unquote ventriloquist. As like, a female as for a, a while. At the end, before, like, the new 52. And I wasn't reading that book. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was Detective Comics or if it was in something else. Or Batgirl, I think she was in. I don't know. It was Detective Comics. It was. Yeah. It came up in that. Before Scott Snyder's run on Detective, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed this one. I probably would put this, like, my number three and the uh, Sean Murphy one, probably my number four, as much as I really love that art. This is four. Yeah, this is the fourth one. So you're saying this is better, than, or the Batman zombie one's better? No, I'm saying what you guys were saying, the Sean Murphy one, Driven, was your number three. Mm-hmm. This would be my number three. Okay. This There's is my number books, three. Right? Isn't there five stories? No, I thought you said Driven was your number three. There's five, I think there's five stories, so John is right. That Yeah. So the bat, zombie Batman. Zombie Batman. Zo- zombie Batman is number, is, doesn't yeah, even make five. it. Okay, that's yeah. why. I was thinking there's yeah. four. Nope, sorry. Because one, two, three, four, five, yeah. So, so this would be number four. Yeah, so... There's all our power rankings. Mine would be uh, Justice is Served, number one. Don't Know Where, Don't Know When, number two. Those are my number one and number two. Then Driven would be three. Head Games would be four. And then Batman Zombie, aptly titled, is number five. Yeah, that was just staggering just, along. It, it, Again, this I, book was, what, three ninety nine or four ninety nine? They should have paid me to have Zombie Batman. Like in here a little bit. I yeah, I don't know. It wasn't wasn't great. Cover's really cool too. Uh, it's drawn by Mark Silvestri, also in black and white. But we where'd you just pull that cup like, out of? This is my pocket. This is a little my high. coat. Um, well, do we want to do Superman, Wonder Woman next, or do you want to go into Damien, son of? Let's keep Batman. with Batman, Batman. Let's just go right into the next Batman, which is a. Elseworlds story, gentlemen? What, what is it's, this? It's, this is your book. Can we call this an Elseworlds? Because it took place in the original 52, 52 but now it's, now it's technically Elseworlds. It's, I, I don't know if it fits into any continuity. It's, uh, Andy Kubert writing in, uh, doing the art. And it, it, yeah, it fits into the old world Batman kind of world with mm-hmm. Damien and Robin. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know what it is, but it's like, in the future, this might have happened. Or in our old past, this, this is might what happened. happened. Uh, but, you know. It's an, it's an older Damien. He's 
more of a teenager. Still with, still being Robin. Still being Robin. Uh, but instead of what you know of him previous, he's got like two katanas on his back. Mm-hmm. Like in, um, he's the, still an ass. He's still an ass. He still doesn't get along with Batman. He, he still, still doesn't get along with Alfred. Mm-hmm. And it is, the story is if Batman suppose dies is if batman is killed in the line of duty how does damien react does he take upon the mantle of the bat and how does he adjust to a life without his bat. father yeah which is kind of where you would normally see him going on that even darker than bruce by actually taking lives yeah but you know why that doesn't work because we already had that story we right. already had that with batman 666 and we've all already had that story with Grayson showing up and being like, because if people start dying, criminals start dying in Gotham, and everybody, and Alfred kind of thinks it's Damien, you know who's getting a call? It's Dick Grayson. Especially in the pre-52 where Dick Grayson was his Batman. Yeah. yeah. And Dick would have sent him straight. So I had problems on a plot level with the story because I couldn't get out of that fanboy. Well, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Dick Grayson should show up here at it. And that's uh, every time we read it digitally and every time my finger swiped on the page, I'm like, well, Dick Grayson's going to be here, right? Like, no, okay, well, it has to be this next swipe, right? Okay, well, definitely this time. But that never happens. But that's because that it does not serve the story. Mm-hmm. It's Damien going off the rails. That's the story. And I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to, but still not enough to make me be like, oh man, I I should have, I should have read this. I should have picked this up. Like I passed on it Mm because I was like, oh, I don't need an out of continuity story (laughs) about Damien. It's everything I hated about Damien. Everything I didn't like about Damien was in the story. Nothing that I liked about the character. No, I agree. I, 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 you, it, I don't think Andy Kubrick really knows how to write Damien and how to make him and how to write him so you do feel for him or do like him. Here's the thing. The entire thing you like about Damien is his interactions with other characters. Other characters. And there's really none of this here. You get to see him talking to Alfred. You see Mm -hmm. him talking to Talia. He's talking to Rache. And that's it. They seem forced. Except for, except for the, the Rache and Talia thing where they're just dicks. They're talking at him. They're not interacting with him. He's like, well, we're not going to be rude to him. He only visits us once. But even then, like the Damien kind of response to them, it doesn't feel right. He just walks away. Yeah, and he's like, well, whatever, I'll go do it myself then. I kind of knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I I think it's a well-drawn book, Mm -hmm. but story-wise, I don't, it just doesn't... It doesn't ring true for the character or for the universe that character's in. Yeah. Alfred would do more to stop Alfred would have kicked his ass. Yeah. Well, or at least... Called Dick Grayson. (laughs) Called Dick Grayson, exactly. Like... But even if it was a test, which it kind of makes it feel like it's a test. Uh-huh. But Batman wouldn't ever let him kill somebody. Exactly. Yeah. The first time that that was going to happen, it would have been... It would have yeah. been... It, it would have been, been ended. Yeah. It would have been ended. Yeah, exactly. So it is... It just... You know, there were so many different... Damien was around for such a short time, like maybe two years. 
And every no, time he was... No, it was more than two years. No, was it, it three? was... They were talking about Damien at one of the earliest conventions that we went to. Oh. Paul, I was dating Lisa when Damien came Paul, out. That Red Robin issue we read uh-huh. came out in 2009. 2009. Yeah. That, that was four years ago. Damien already existed <laughs> yeah, at that that's point. true. Yeah, it was like five or six years ago, buddy. But it seemed like every writer... He's been around two years him. in the New 52. Yeah. Every writer that touched them had a different take, and there's very few times that I felt like the take that of Damien that I really enjoyed was only the Grant Morrison. Well, the Pete Tomasi. I I enjoyed the Pete Tomasi stuff. Pete Tomasi, I feel Pete Tomasi got what the character was supposed to be. And I think even in the like issue of Backerly appeared by Brian Q. Miller. Yeah, Yeah, again, like that that was man, that was a while ago now. But that was a. The Brian Q. Miller one had him as a kid that didn't have his childhood, but would have enjoyed having a childhood. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Damien could ever find an enjoyment in anything. He's completely anatonic. Yeah. That's right. Look that word up, listeners. It's not spelled as... I've, like I've enjoyed think. our discussion of this book more than the actual mm-hmm. book itself. Yeah. Which is why we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we want to talk about how to poorly romance a woman, or do we want to talk about, you know, the next beer, which is a black IPA? Let's talk about the next beer first. Because we know about beer more than we know about romancing women. I do okay. Uh, I'm married. I, I'm do all right. I think there's a lot more, a lot more pussy action that was on this side of the table than that side of the table, Paul. We're talking about petting cats. <laughs> If we're talking about pure numbers, I think I'm doing pretty well for myself. It's not like... I was going by like golf <laughs> I'm going by quality and quantity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Got, I, I stand by our uh, previous... As, as they say, uh, Spice Capital USA, <laughs> variety is the spice of life. Mm. There's, there's a way to get... Silly bitches is by drinking more. Remember, remember, (laughs) you remember, John, and we're now drinking the Black Hatter, which is a black IPA, also from, what's this brewery again? New New Holland. Holland. New Holland. That was in unison. Not old Holland. No. No. Uh, Paul, I think this has kind of what you wanted more from Mm -hmm. the rye, because it has that toast. Yeah, it has that nice multi-toastiness. It has, it's still very drinkable, not Bitter, real bitter hops on no, the IPA. It's, it's but it's nice. It's got that darkness that you want with it, mm-hmm. with it being quite smooth. Mm-hmm. It's very enjoyable. I I like it a lot. All it, of these have been just they're drinkable. Drinkable. They're, yeah. Like, yeah. You can pick it up. You can just you can go for it. And it's a good starter craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. Beer. There's nothing really stand out about them. Mm-hmm. It's like oh you need to try this, but they're all just like mm-hmm. this, they're just really good. Like in Bargatory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This like was, any of all any of these, these would go like and great and perfect. Like they're all really solid. I would want to try this Black Hatter versus the Black IPA from Otter Creek side by side because I'm not sure if I could tell the difference. It's been a while since I've had that one. So yeah. Ever since they brought it back, it's like, yeah, no, it's here now. Yeah. Like we haven't had it. I think that was last year now. <laughs> all right, power ranking. Ooh, uh, Black Hatter number one. The Farmhouse Ale, number two. 
the Michigan number three, and then the Rye Hatter last number four, just because the Rye Hatter didn't do anything for me, really. It wasn't enough. Uh, I think I'd go Black Hatter number one, Michigan Hatter number two. Uh, also, think... the one of the reasons why Michigan Hatter uh, race up, because the girl on it is cute. Oh, yes. Cute the little drawing of the girl. You can see the, a picture of the labels over on our Facebook. Um, and I think it's it's not that I don't like either one of them, but it's a to- I think it's a toss-up between the rye and the farmhouse. I think I might go farmhouse over the rye, but it's not like beating it by mm-hmm. much. Like These are all like, it's no, grouped it's, really yeah, close together. <clears throat> I'd probably go Black Hatter number one, Rye Hatter number two, Farmhouse Hatter number three, and then the Michigan Hatter number four. Michigan header was really good. The farmhouse had just a little bit more to me that mm-hmm. that kind of had pop. Yeah, they're right in the middle. Palette. They're still all very space, very yeah. solid beers. Yeah, they're all. I, I can't quite put them up to solid. They're all very drinkable. Drinkable. That, that's a solid beer for me. Like, okay. Yeah. We're all our. I'm not going to be house. writing the soldiers about it. But there, it, there are three solid. bananas out of five apples. I understand though. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> I don't know, it's rating like, systems that don't mm. make, have any merit or sense to them. That's all. Like, um, when I, like the, they're good. Um, if I saw any other of the Hatters, I would, I would get them. Really, I would. I would try more of these. I would. I would say, oh, they made this or they have this. Like I would go for them. Like there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with these beers. Mm-hmm. Four dollar price point. Four ninety nine. I'd probably pick up another one to try it. If it's seven ninety nine. Probably be like, you know what? Well, I've had the Hatters. I'm good. They're all like five bucks a piece. Okay. They're, they're I'm not... willing to try another one. But here's the thing. I was also buying them in Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm-hmm. like five minutes away, well, 20 minutes away from where they're brewed. Yeah. So it's probably going to be a little bit cheaper there than if you found it at like a gourmet mm-hmm. beer store or like a premier kind of place around here. Right. Because they're pretty much just distributed directly to the stores there. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh... The dragon's milk was like eight ninety nine for a bourbon aged salad. Yeah, but that's not part of the Hatter series. It's right not part now, of the Hatter like, series, but it's the same brewery. I've tried the Hatter series. Their takes on all the different takes on IPA. It would take quite a bit or very little press, you know, a low press point like four ninety nine for me to want to, you know, to to for them to separate me with that money. I um. I you know I don't hold anything against New Holland. I think they did something really interesting by <laughs> doing other They're the style IPAs of Grand Rapids. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, this is a series. It's like it's like when Sam Adams did all those IPAs. Mm-hmm. These guys are at least charging you a decent price versus yeah. like twenty dollars for a twelve pack, and you get their Boston Lager in it. Yeah. You know, these guys are doing. Hey, we're Trying something different. We did that's, one with. That's why I went with Saranac because yeah. it's priced yeah, comparatively. Well, it's a really good price point. Like their white IPA. It's a solid, good, drinkable beer. And the price point this, is right. This is Saranac. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was an insult to uh, New Holland. I'll, I'll say it this way: Saranac is to New Holland as Southern Tier is to Founders. I think. Yeah. yeah. So Southern Tier, it's a little bit. It's, more what you pay for, but they do a little bit more. They venture out there. Mm-hmm. They try different things, like the Compass, the the Pinot. The Plum Noir. Yeah. Plum Noir. Um, Warlock this year, which mm-hmm. knocked my socks off. Like 
they're out there, they're trying some different stuff, but they have kind of that resource behind them as mm-hmm. being like a name in the craft beer. Like New Holland, like, yeah, they're, they're a local brewery. Like what I really liked about Grand Rapids when I was there, and John, you can probably attest to this too from when you visited. It's, it was voted Beer City USA because there is such a strong brewing community yeah. and pride there that you go into a restaurant and all the beers on tap are going to be brewed in Michigan. If you want like a Coors, Bud, Molson, you have to go up against a Michigan militia. They're, they're bottled. Like those. you can only get those in the bottles. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really cool because they do stand behind that beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing is when we were there is we were there for a beer trip and it was like, <laughs> Everybody had a list of beer companies that they wanted to check out and go to. And we were all like, well, we don't, we only have this much time and we were trying to fit as many in as we wanted to. And then we found a place that sold all of their beers. So we were like, oh, we can get a couple varieties of different things. But, um, did you guys hear about the near the grain elevators? What Buffalo wants to do? No. Huge brewery out there. That's the, uh, you know, right in the river there. A new brewery or a new brewery okay. complex. I don't know if it's if somebody's going to move in there, but it's also going to have a, you know, like a um, hotel kind of area and commerce. But uh, they're really planning on building a large brewery. Well, we have. I think we have in the next two years five breweries planned <laughs> and starting up. We're coming for you, Grand Rapids. Yeah, Buffalo. Why not? We we tried to be hockey heaven and it didn't work. Let's let's try. I would rather go into a bar and order something from New Holland just based off of these alone. Yeah. Yeah, Than I I would, you know, one of those other crap beers that you could get. What I was trying to say is like this is they have their already name brand beers, New Holland does, and this is them going, All right, let's take a step back and let's try to do all these other kind of IPAs and make more of a do more of a variety and make it a, a series coming out yep. of out of our company. And if you want to kind of compare it to Sam Adams, I would take any of these four over any of the Sam Adams like Brewers Choice or whatever they even were doing. that IPA box yeah, that we got. Oh, I think there, we all agreed there was like really only one in mm-hmm. there that we all found enjoyable. Yeah, and that box was. On the exp- really on the expensive 22 side. Twenty-two to twenty-four dollars. Yeah. yeah, for a twelve-pack. Well, luckily Sam Adams has their Merry Maker, which is out now, which is yeah. the re-release or I'm rebranding have to go and buy a case of, of the Merry Mischief, the gingerbread stuff master. Which we do have a bottle sitting. Mm-hmm. In wait, I have another one at home. I held on to it because I was like, I could just drink this on my own. And then I saw my mom today, and I was thinking about giving it to her, but I was like, no, she can buy her own. <laughs> like, it's everywhere on the shelves now. Yeah, and it's uh, $7.99, $8.99, $6.99. $6.99? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm monarchist. I think last year it was probably about, like, 8 bucks. So I think Yeah, they rebranded it. It's the from... same label. They just changed the name. I it's think a, it's a, no, the label's a little bit different. The label's really? different, yeah. The other it's one had, the... gin, it had a gingerbread man on it. This one, they're like... Tobogganing. Yeah, they're sledding. Yeah, but that's what it was last year. They were tobogganing. I don't know. You'd have to look that up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now. While we're right. talking about this, and let's one talk of you about guys it. can introduce the next book. Oh, we're going to talk about uh, rebranding of relationships over at DC, and we have Superman Wonder Woman. Yes, Superman is on top. Uh, like it should be. Well, he uh, took the bottom for uh, Batman. And, uh, yes, he did. It's Chris Olay, uh, or 
not Chris, but Charles Soleil is I'm Chris. doing the writing style. From, uh, <laughs> That's what Paul was saying. He, he kicked into Cinco de Mayo mode, and he was like, it's Chris Soleil. And I was like, yeah, sure, it can be Soleil. It's, it's Chuck Soleil and Tony Daniels on art. Uh, Chuck Soleil is uh, writing Swamp Thing, which I've been enjoying. So that's what uh, made me pick this book up. Uh, after talking with Yannick Paquette, who did a bump for us, thank you, uh, on this episode, it makes me feel like, you know, I kind of went in there with that kind of eye at this comic book, where I'm like, yeah, what is the deal with that relationship? Like, yeah. Paul is correct, it is the same label, it's the gingerbread toboggan. I'm going to drop this book now like it's hot. Boom. Boom. What up? I was right, finally. Once out of 189 episodes. You're welcome, nobody. You're welcome, nobody. But it's basically uh, Superman and Wonder Woman going out on a date and being foiled by a tropical storm. But, but luckily, Superman's to... good with storms. He's mm-hmm. good with storms. But there's more to the storm than originally was first let on. And uh, it has you. It does have these kind of nice moments where they're kind of have time to talk a little bit mm-hmm. to friends or. Uh, about their relationship and then kind of have that talk between each other with their relationship. And I think it was really well done. And if you're going to have a book that's going to be kind of about them and their love interest with each other, I think this book does a really good job because you care, you, you do have a feeling of caring between these two and their relationship. Okay. It makes more sense here in this book than it did in Justice League. I didn't read those Justice League. Uh, it makes more sense okay. here than it but, does in Justice okay. League. But at the same time, you have the action stuff that's uh-huh. happening between the two between the two of those. Even with the airplane, um, with the end, with the <laughs> give everything away, John. The uh, the villain coming out, um, and not only that, really uh, enjoying uh, Tony Daniels' art on this. Mm-hmm. Versus, I, enjoy, yeah. I, I enjoyed his art on Batman. Um, when he was doing Batman, I thought it was good art, but I, I really enjoyed uh, this and a lot. writing it? Yes. <laughs> did that, enjoy. that could be it, too. I was kind of hesitant going into this. I ordered it because I was like, oh, well, it's a number one to talk about. It's something that – it's big. There's never been a Superman Wonder Woman book before. When they came out with Superman Batman again, I was like, okay, cool. Or Batman, Batman Superman. Superman yeah. Before it was Superman Batman. Yeah. Now it's Batman mm-hmm. Superman. It's the two teamed up. Jeff Loeb isn't writing it, so it has to be a different title. Like, this was interesting, and I was like, okay, this is something to read and talk about. And I really enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. And Tony Daniels' art looks great now, and he's got a different colorist on this one than he'd had on Batman. Mm-hmm. It's somehow softer, but jumps off the page a little bit more. Could be because it's a lot it, more blues and reds. It almost looks like more Prismacolor, like, marker mm-hmm. coloring than... Like the just flat, like digital kind of stuff, or yeah. a paint. It's not quite a painterly style, but it reminds me of markers, for yeah. whatever reason. Like, if, no, I can I can understand that. Yeah, just like just a little like the yeah. shading is done on mm-hmm. it, like the shadow. Yeah. Like it's yeah. uh, smudgy. I, you know, I, especially like look at the backgrounds. Everything looks a little smudgy, yeah. no, like yeah. a marker. I don't. Yeah, know I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's not quite watercolor. It's it's something. It's it's a marker. Um, but when I was saying, like, I enjoyed the relationship, Paul, you gave me the, hmm, really? really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was one step above, like, passing notes in, like, middle school with a check mark 
do you like me, yes or no? Like, I never check did a box, that. please. Well, the, like, kind of thing. Like, they're so... They, they're an item, but they have so much else going on in mm-hmm. their lives that they want to take these brief moments that they have and have something together with somebody who knows the life that they live. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's... It, it, it's like two, um, two business people who are always on the go, on the go, on the <laughs> go, and have brief moments that, hey. Between conference calls and like, let's, uh, well, now I gotta wake up for an Asian marketing committee. Let's have this relationship, but we both know, not that it's doomed from the start, but it probably is gonna work, but we do really like each other, and we can find those few seconds to have, to mm-hmm. steal away, to have that kiss, to have him, give her a flower, you know? Mm-hmm. They both want that, and this is the only way they can have that because the other person understands. I do like the flower moment because it's reminiscent of For the Man Who Has Everything. Yeah. The animated version. Yeah. Where she gives him a flower. Not the book version where... What well, in the book does she give... I don't remember. You haven't read that in I years. have it. Like over here. Yeah, it's in like the Alan Moore's mm-hmm. greatest DC. Yeah, New Rose, and he, she calls it a Krypton Rose or something. Uh, yeah, I just. It, it's a solid book. You get action, mm-hmm. you get character moments for each one of them. You get Clark doing his blog, you get her training, but you get character moments of the two of them together. I love the idea of, Super, of Wonder Woman teaching Superman how to fight. Because he has all that power, but he's never been trained how yeah. to use it. He's. He has, like, the biggest weapon in the battle, but he doesn't know how to wield the weapon itself. He's not precise. And I like that idea. Um, I it's, think it's, it's a far take from what I'm used to reading in Wonder Woman. Here's the thing. Where she's the goddess of war. I forget what uh, convention it was at, mm-hmm. but Brian Azzarello was actually talking about how Wonder Woman's been handled in the rest of the New 52 mm-hmm. and how different it is from what he's yeah. doing in Wonder Woman, and he, he's just not a fan of it. I think this is kind of a good bridge from what's happening in like Justice League to Wonder Woman because it's it's close. It's her as the warrior. Yeah, it's her as a warrior, but it's her talking not. about like no, like I think the one who's good with storms would be whose father Zeus. Yeah, yeah like it's it's it lives. It's in, a, it feels like it lives in the same world. It's the, it's a it's not the same because. In your book, it's she's just the warrior. Right. This is the book it's that the, she's not just the warrior. She's it's the old love, Batman problem. She's a love interest, and she's someone who mm-hmm. loves. You know, it's, it's she's she's not just that warrior. This is her trying to balance being that warrior and wanting love. Yeah, it's. See, I don't even get to the point where she wants love. It's her wanting to explore a relationship. Well, yeah, then. Yeah. Which is more, which is, I think, saying want to explore love a little bit further than what they're both looking to do in this whole thing. Uh, that just might be me. It but, might be you because you've been in a relationship for 12 years. And I more love More than that, my- you know? For people who have relationships and don't, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you might not be looking for love, but I've you, when you're, when you're like dating, you're dating because you want to find a girl you want to marry. Well, or you just, you're looking yeah. for someone that you, you want to be with, that you, you are looking for that love. 
I think they're just fooling around like two naughty kids. But <laughs> no, but what here, I, that's how it feels like in Justice League. But mm-hmm. here, there's a little bit more depth to it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like it's completely explored yet. But right, and that's I, what I was afraid of. Like I thought this was going to be like the Twilight of the DC universe, where it's like, no, let's put these two characters in the book, and they can just stare longingly at each other. But like you said, it was that talk with Yannick Paquette where he knows Charles Sully, and he's like, no, like. This is a guy that wants to delve into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the moment where I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe it's not going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because you can listen to that interview, and I expressed like I was a little bit worried about mm-hmm. them just being like, and when I say them, I mean DC being like, no, we can sell this book now. Yeah. And this is a bigger step beyond that. I forgot the point that I was originally sorry, gonna Paul. make. No, no, it's Do you okay. want to stop so you can listen to yourself? No, no, it's fine. It's my bad. It probably wasn't a good mm-hmm. point anyway. Step all over you there. No, no, I, it was a while ago. Um, yeah, I just Wonder Woman is so down to business, kind of in her own book. Oh, this was to the point which. I mentioned, like, the Batman problem, which was, in Detective Comics, it used to be, no, this is Batman in Gotham, street level, he's solving crimes. And then in the Batman, he's a little bit more superhero, he's going up against supervillains, he's punching out light bulbs, punching people's lights out, not he, light he, bulbs. No, he, Batman hates light bulbs, too, he's yeah, always not, punching them. He I only likes break cork, them all the time. He only likes the corkscrew ones that save the environment. No, he doesn't like those, because Wayne Enterprise doesn't make them. Oh, okay, that's true. And then in Justice League, he, he was go the, like, going through interdimensional space and everything. So you got all three different types of Batman going on at the same time. And I think I, I as a reader, have to learn to do the same kind of compartmentalization with Wonder Woman. You have your yeah. child of the gods, gods in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You have the superhero in Justice League. And, and this is I have Wonder Woman as a... Wonderful that, woman. That between, like, this is her exploring humanity almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I there are different up. takes. I, and, I uh, enjoyed it. I think out of everything, I mean, like, I do enjoy those anthologies, but an anthology, like, you can pick them up at any time. Yeah. You know, you don't have to read them sequentially. You can just read them whenever. And I look forward to number two. Like, mm-hmm. I do want to check it out. I, I, I actually really like this. And surpri- I su- was surprised by it. And I was a little hesitant. Like, I remember enjoying Tony Daniels' art. Mm-hmm. But I was a little like, ooh, Tony Daniels. Mm-hmm, maybe not very good. But I'm just glad we didn't get super cheesecake Wonder Woman. Yeah. It didn't become a... And I think I think when you do a book like this, you can't. You know, You know going in that you can't. Do a super cheesecake. Well, I don't know if everybody knows that you can't. Well, no, I'm just saying. Some, know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people you... would want or expect that mm-hmm. too. I'm I'm glad to how this came in because it's not like it's done very organically. <laughs> yeah. And I, the the page layouts, the panel breakdowns. I think uh, he did a really good job with this book. Yeah, I I it's in- worth the three ninety nine. I enjoy this more than I thought I was going to. I enjoy this more than I did Superman Unchained number one. Like, well, yeah, yeah, if, that's a number one. If I bought a Superman book, I would probably buy this one before Unchained, even though that was, it was cool. Like, that's that. Chris, you do buy five X-Men books. I, you I could, know. You could drop one I of those X-Men could. books and buy a Superman book. 
Yeah, but I mean, this is three ninety nine, and you can't always guarantee that's, that that. That's the thing. Like, I've always just wrestled with wanting to read Superman, mm-hmm. and I've dealt my toe every year. I've bought a Superman book, and I've read it. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's Superman, Wonder Woman, like I read Superman, Batman, Superman Unchained. All Star Superman, which is like the only oh, Superman book. Great. That's the only Superman book though that I've purchased and I continued buying for the length of the series, not just because I was like, oh well, this will end after like twelve or thirteen issues. But and that was with Frank Quietly, who you're not yeah, a big fan. I'm of. not a big fan, of, but it was a very well done Superman mm-hmm. book. But even before that, like I bought Action Comics for a little while just to try it out. Like. Right now, if I had to walk into the store and be like, I'm a Superman fan, what book am I going to buy? I'd probably go for this one. And I know you were reading the Lodell one. I was. Which I haven't really checked out at all. I think I read, like, one issue that we talked about, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I forget what I... Yeah, I don't even remember now. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I kind of... <coughs> I fell off with not only Villains United, but also he's got, like, a big... Forever Evil. Forever Evil. Forever say, Evil. United. What? Uh, for, yeah, we've been yeah, doing that well, all the time. Faces of Evil, Forever Evil, and Villains United. Um, but with not only after F- Forever Evil, he's got a big crossover thing that's crossover between Action Comics, Superman, Is that- Superboy, and Supergirl. And he's writing like all of them. Hell on Earth? Yeah. H. Apostor. Yeah. It's no, Hell. Uh, that's over, right? That's over. This is another one, and I think it might have something to do with hell. But I was just like, ah, I'm not gonna buy. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna buy one when I'm not buying any of the others because you're gonna need to, the other ones yeah. to tie in. So I'm gonna have a couple month break on. Yeah, Superman. just like I was with my Wolverine and the X Men because I'm like I'm not reading Battle of the Atom. Have you been reading Battle of the Atom? No, really. But I've heard that Iceman has a cool Gandalf beard. Yeah, there's, there's with the, a, like old alternate. wizard looking. Alternate future. I, got, I have to get up to the store. I was going to try to do that tomorrow before I went to work. And I bought Battle we'll of the see. Atom book number two. My, my car starts. Yeah. Uh, but those are the books that we were most excited about to talk to you listeners this month in October. If you have books that you wish we read or that you've been reading and you want to share with us, please email us at contact at bagmanboardcast.com. Or if there's something you want to tell us individually, feel free to email us at either Chris, Paul, or John at baggingboardcast.com. And if you really want to get our attention, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We check that constantly. Paul Paul checks that. Paul. Feel free also, you can follow us over on Twitter, like us on Facebook. And comment on things on Facebook. Comment. Mm -hmm. Post something if you want us to read a book or if there's something you want us to check out or talk about. Hey, do it. We just had another like on Facebook, which doesn't happen a lot. But it always makes me happy when I see there's a notification. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I'm excited to hit happened? 100 likes. You know, if yeah, we, we ever that can. Should be, that should be our goal. Yeah. We know people are listening. As much as Paul's like, eh, we don't have any listeners. I no, always, we know you hear us. I always yeah. like when we see a, I see a like on Facebook and it's not one of Chris's friends. Yeah. Yeah. Because Chris has a lot of friends. I have. Here's the thing. But they I haven't have, all migrated to Begnum Broadcast friends. I have Chris, friends. Chris, that's your job. <sighs> That's a big step to make. You're the and likable guy. Here's the thing. We have people they, that like you across the country. They've they've liked our <laughs> posts. They've paid attention to those. They just they need to listen and then write writing and then reviews. <laughs> yep. 
Look forward to what we have coming up. All of November. For episode 189? No. No, 190! You idiot! (coughs) I don't know. I think I gotta go strike a rich in Vegas. Nobody knows you're going on vacation. Well, Well, they will. I was gonna say, next time I go to Grand Rapids, I actually plan on going to New Holland, so I'll see what else they have there. Cool. Because Lexi wanted to take me there when I went, but we just ran out of time. Dragons. Who's Lexi? Lexi's my girlfriend. Oh, cool. Yeah. You just mentioned on podcast. Is that okay? I think I mentioned her before. Okay. Well, I don't think. No, I didn't mention it before just because I didn't mention it. Yeah, because you don't want to jinx things. Things are going okay. I'm not worried about jinxing. Cool. But yeah, she wanted to take me there. We just didn't have time. I've already told her I want to go back to Founders, though. (laughs) 